Hey everyone, and welcome to a brand new year, brand new episode of Vodka O'Clock Podcast. It's 2020. Everybody's making jokes about the roaring 20s, so expect a lot of themed parties this year. Um, I'm Amber Love, your host, and I'm from amberunmasked.com, the website. So anything that you really want to know about me or about my books and uh, the cats, of course, you can go to amberunmasked.com. And all of this is funded through Patreon, patreon.com slash amberunmasked. Joining me today is a friend of mine who I got to say, I can't remember how we met, but uh, Mario Candelaria is here. And uh, we're going to talk about comics and and just fun stuff, what we're, what we're into and what's going on in our process. So welcome aboard. Hey, thanks for having me back. So, um, can you honestly remember how we met? Because I really don't. Yeah, uh, it was back when I was promoting uh, my first graphic novel, Ashes. I think you were friends with Carl Slominski, who's the artist on that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I think during a promotional tour, um, or (laughs) a virtual promotional tour, uh, you had us on. Uh, I don't know if you had us both on, but I know I was on. And uh, yeah, we just kicked off from there. What, six years ago, I think? Yeah. Oh, Carl's so talented. He's, like, insanely talented. But that's great. Yeah. I'm, well, that's cool that you remembered. Ashes was, was, you know, one of those punch-in-the-gut books. You don't you don't shy away from subjects, at least not that I've noticed. No, I appreciate you saying that. Um, yeah, I mean, that was my first real uh, highly published book. And, I mean, I'm, I'm happy it got the reaction uh such as yours uh, <laughs> i mean i honestly as a creator i wish it could have launched me further but you know that's uh part of the game which is it's just luck and keep putting stuff out i guess yeah and i know that um you've worked with dean haspiel who's amazing and in, in my opinion he's you know a, a modern legend in, in comics so you know it seems like you at least keep putting out like one thing a year you, you know just keeping yourself present. Yeah. Um, I mean, Dean, Dean is like a mentor to me. Uh, I learned from him. I still learn from him. Um, keeping up with his stuff, what he did with the red hook on webtoons now, I believe. But uh, yeah, I mean, I've just, I've been slinging it in the Indies hard. <laughs> I've been doing a lot yeah. of anthologies, just, you know, keeping it out there, uh, you know, and trying ideas and pitches, uh, lots of failures, but you know, it, you just keep going and hopefully, you know, uh, the stuff I'm putting out now is going to, uh, you know, grab some attention. So let's, okay, let's talk about the the wins and the losses here, um, because it's definitely, even though we can, we can use the word saturated because there's a lot of creativity out there in the world, um, there's still very little of it that's funded. So how, how do you plan your, your whole process to get into production? I, I honestly wish I had a responsible plan, but uh, as, as, as you know, ideas just come to you on a whim sometimes. And the ones that really stick with you, I feel are the ones that are worth investigating. And, you know, from there, it's just putting an idea together, or maybe with comics, at least you have a visual look that you want to try to strike. 
And so you reach out to artists and um, that's the hardest part for me. It's not finding artists, but coming up with the capital to, to, to make sure that they're compensated. Um, that's, a, that's actually a, a, a personal uh, issue in my household because I work a regular job. My wife works a regular job and we both have uh, you know, life goals. But if I'm constantly putting aside two grand for something that might not ever even make it to you know the next step, let alone recoup an investment, um, you know that's that's just something that a lot of creators you know have to go through. You do, and all of a sudden you have a room filled with boxes of comics. <laughs> but not even that. I mean, just like. Um, okay, I put together a uh, a pitch for a book that was actually just picked up, thankfully. And uh, looking at the cost of line art, color art, letter, and editor that I hired to look at the whole script with me before we can do the pitch pages, uh, that right there was twelve hundred dollars. Yeah, that's that's when when people say, "Oh, comics is more accessible now than ever to get into." I'm like, "Where are you?" are you that you think this is the most accessible like it used to be a job you used to apply and get a job and get a paycheck and health insurance it's like how is this accessible now i mean i i I mean we both have a lot of cartoonist friends who can do it on their own and i can see for them how that's accessible but i i can barely draw breath because of my asthma let alone draw a picture so it's Uh it's one of those things that you know uh i have to outsource that visual representation to try to get my idea out. And unfortunately, you know, I mean, just like in anything in life, you can try to find cheaper options, but it might not be a quality that you're looking for. And, you know, for the final product. Exactly. And I I know in that regard, since um, we're both like, you know, New York Metro area people, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So even though there's obviously a lot of creativity here in our particular region, some people do look for more affordable outsourced help from South America or Europe. And then they have language barriers to work with. So it's like, okay, well, you know, is I, I can't remember who just wrote it, but it was a tweet that made me laugh so hard because it was someone, you know, there was a tweet that said, never, um, like, n- never complain about your editors. And then the response tweet was, was, are you kidding? Because apparently the word tit is part of a horse carriage. And so this author wrote something about tits and doing something with the horse carriage. And then the the editor went through and changed it all to just say boobs. And then it like, so it literally made no sense that a horse carriage had boobs on it. And and it just sounded like the funniest editorial issue ever. Um, Yeah. So, um, uh, but but there there are these unusual relationships that people have with the creative teams. When it, when you get something done, though, are you always pitching or do you sometimes just say, I'm putting this one out? 
myself? Uh, I want to say both, honestly. Um, I, I tend to have a lot of irons in the fire. And right now, I think there are four stories that we are or have been pitching to publishers. But there's one <clears throat> that I know that based on the concept and uh, the strength of the artist, it would be better just to go direct crowdfunding. Because, you know, um, we, we both don't have big names where one of us can just, you know, uh, sell ourselves to the publisher. And it's it's a concept that is, is not necessarily um, commercially beneficial for publishers, you know, for, for, for marketing re- purposes. So it's, it's one of those things like, well, this is a story I want to tell. <laughs> so, you know, I'm going to get it out regardless of what we're doing. I think, but I think that's what the crowdfunding is really intended for, you know, for, and I think that's the beauty of it. So I just want to ask piggybacking off of that, how, how you feel when there are publishers themselves or even studio producers that then take to Kickstarter and, end up funding things for, you know, $200,000 or a million dollars or whatever it may be, you know, like, um, I forget, I can't remember if it's, I don't know if it's Dark Horse or Archie or somebody, somebody was was planning on launching something. And it's like, you've already got huge names. How do you not have a budget and a plan yeah, uh, yeah, that was Archie when they were re rebranding and relaunching everything uh, with Mark Wade and uh, Chip. I can never pronounce Chip's last name. <laughs> on oh, on Jug. Zadarsky, that Chip. Yeah, I I'm honestly Chip Chipsy. Chip. But, Chipsy. Um, we know who he is. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was it was Archie, and it was one of those things that had me scratching my head. I was like, okay, I mean, gotta respect the hustle. If if there is a dollar to be made, then there is a dollar to be spent, right? And uh, I don't know, like I, I come from a family that, you know, wasn't necessarily 100% legitimate all the time. So <laughs> if, uh, if like this kind of an unofficial motto that money, money doesn't know where it comes from and it wouldn't give a damn if it did. So, <laughs> you That's know, the thing. Uh, like, but when you see, when you see the president yeah. of the organization driving around in fancy cars, you know that they're not hurting for money. Exactly. Uh, unless that's just a new marketing ploy, they're just like, oh, hey, because that did get people talking more so than just, hey, here's a here's a commercial coming out on CBR stating that we're relaunching, you know, Archie. Yeah. Uh, that did get buzz. They did cancel. I did back it actually because I was really I'm I was really interested in the characters, and even though they canceled it, they sent all the backers some free comics. That was that was nice. Um, but then I, but I know that this does happen, and and mm-hmm. Archie happens to bail out of that particular one. Other smaller press does it, like Action Lab, Devils Do, um, you know. But then there's like the Veronica Mars movie went to Kickstarter. So yeah. Like, okay, uh, really? <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I have I have two chains of thoughts, and then as a struggling person, it's like great now. There's more competition on that market for you know, that revenue. Um, but it's also, 
I can see that maybe a studio or producing investors don't necessarily have the confidence to release something. So a creator says, okay, let's try to bring it to the fans that we know we have. I mean, yeah, I mean, it is. It's, and that's, it's that's one thing. It, it, it removes the obstacles and you are directly involved with your fans then, which is incredible. But then I feel so bad for all of the indie creators that are like, you know, trying to get their low budget indie film made for $10,000, you know, and get it created and and off where everybody's just working for Twinkies and, you know, (laughs) yeah, it's heartbreaking. (laughs) I mean, I think you and I would both love to be that creator that launches something and it gets funded thousands on the, like within the first few hours. Yes, I know. And I've, and I've seen that happen. It's, it's really something. It's like all of a sudden you see somebody and it's like their 24 hour update, their 48 hour update. And meanwhile, I have, I have dear friends who are like begging through the entire like 21, 30 days, like begging, like, please even $5, you know, like, yeah, it's, I've, I've been there. I've been that guy. It's stressful. It is uh nerve-wracking it's you don't want to feel like you're begging but you also don't want to feel like oh i'm missing out an opportunity for someone to see it and then that could be the person who says oh okay i didn't see this before let me fund it um yeah it's hard and especially on anthologies i've i produced an anthology for red stylo and we did it through kickstarter and while it was a phenomenal experience for me being a producer and editor on that i was a nervous wreck the whole campaign I mean, I, I I put the thing together. I was emailing the creators. Um, a lot of them were sharing it, but you know, sometimes if you don't feel like someone is doing something up to your standards, you kind of mm-hmm. start to get a little annoyed. Uh, not saying that you know anyone is really annoying me, but it's just it's just an an internal feeling of just like, oh crap, you know, how come no one's sharing? How come no one's sharing the link? How come not doing it themselves? They're just liking and retweeting something I put out. And yeah, and that's and that's something that comes with marketing and promotion is it's mm-hmm. supposed to be organic, which you know, which means that they're supposed to craft an original post with the link, and that gets more results than the shares. So it's you know, even like there have been times when I've even like written the the copy and just been like, can you just take this copy? It includes the link and just like you know paste it yeah <laughs> um so yeah i mean you get it you know it's it's that's the worst part for me i feel it's it's the campaign um that that anthology broke pop actually got funded in the first week and i was like oh wow that is amazing <laughs> but we didn't yeah. double like you know like week one through week four um we saw maybe like a 50 percent increase but I think once we hit that finish line, um, we might have, you know, pulled back on the throttle and slowed down on, you know, the like pushing it. Right. Yeah, because like, there's always there's going to be that curve. Yeah. You know, where a lot of people don't jump in until the very end. Which is weird because it doesn't charge you right away. I mean, I'm kind of like a day one, like, oh, if I remember it, I'm going to do this right now type person so I can just set it and forget it. If you're hearing strange noise right now, um, Gus is rubbing his face on the microphone. Uh, no, it's fine. That's <laughs> cute. Um, yeah. Thanks for participating, pal. Okay. 
Um, great. So um, we always sort of combine promotional work with our actual physical appearances at shows. And that's right. a whole nother expense um, that gets to be a huge burden. So like you were saying, you and your wife work full time and, and sometimes still, you know, it's like, oh, but the car might need to be repaired and that's going to be a thousand dollars or we got to, you know, fix the roof and whatever it is. It's like traveling to conventions is a huge expense. Some people yeah. only do one a, one a year for that reason. They'll do like they'll bank on one big show a year. I I I wish I had more experience with that. Um, I usually do New York Comic Con, and I will uh, piggyback with Enrica on Red Silo for a day or two. Um, as I've gotten older, I've gotten more social anxiety, so I don't really like being around a whole lot of people. <laughs> I'm <laughs> right know? there uh, with you. Oh, me too. I haven't yeah. been to a, to a big show in years. I, yeah, I've and my wife. Small, small um, you know, I've done smaller ones with Z2 and when we were promoting Ashes, but I told him like, "Hey, I'm just gonna come down for a couple hours. Uh, you know, take the bus up from Philly to New Jersey or something, and hang out for a bit." Um, but I've been uh, last year and this year, I've been doing San Diego, but not as a creative, but more of as a fan. Okay. I felt like I might have um <clears throat> lost touch with why I like this stuff. <clears throat> I'm not choking up for tears. I'm going through puberty oh. again. <laughs> <laughs> that all. Excuse me. I cleared my throat. Okay. Yeah. No, I felt like, you know, like, honestly, I felt like I was so ingrained, um, you know, just trying to be like, okay, I can go to here and try to network with this thing or do an industry party and try to see who I meet and try to get second time. But that's like, oh, I, I, I think I'm losing touch with why I like this. So I wanted to do San Diego again last year as uh, as a fan, you know, and just take in the stuff, do panels, you know, try to try to grab freebies and booths and exclusives and things, just you know, try to get with the people. Well, and, I think uh, that's really important though, because mm-hmm, there are there's a point where I think a, a lot of creators turn into these crotchety, bitter people, <laughs> and if you were to ask them, oh, well, what comics are you reading right now? And they'll say, I don't read comics. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know some of those guys. Uh, they're fun. They're who? Um, yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, I, well, you know, you're, you, at least your bank account's happier than mine, whatever. But it just seems so weird. Yeah, I, I mean, I I think you might see the posts that I put up. I try to go to the comic shop at least once a month. And I have a lot of indies on my polls. You know, I love my X-Men. Uh, day one X-Men. So, you know, I'm always taking pictures and promoting the stuff that I'm buying and actually reading rather than just, you know, uh, retweeting a friend that sent me a PDF of their preview issue for free. (laughs) I like putting my money where my mouth is as a fan to support people rather than just, you know, trying to, I guess, push and network my way in. I don't know. Maybe that's why I haven't had success. (laughs) We'll see. Yeah, but that's... But it's true. You can find dollar bins, or you know, or you could find if it's Comicsology, they have a section specifically for free books. Um, if you have enough to get into any of those subscription services, which I haven't even looked into, but the you know the unlimiteds, um, I'm sure that's a fantastic way. It's like having a 
a library that you pay for. <laughs> so a library is another option. Some libraries will carry comics, some won't because they get stolen a lot. So it depends well, on where I, you live. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think one of the biggest purchasers of Ashes were libraries. Um, not saying that we sold tons and tons, but I believe that a large chunk of that did go to public libraries. Um, but for subscription services, I actually have DC Universe. I got it for the original series. And it's just a cool perk that they also have their full digital library. Um, I think the newest comics is six months from street date. Uh, don't quote me on that exactly, but it's not like, you know, uh, day one on there. Right. That's, yeah. you know, that's and, fun. I, yeah. And some of the stuff is exclusive to those services. Like Comixology has their originals. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like Netflix, you know, Netflix originals, <laughs> um, wh- you know, which is where I, I found Forgotten Home. I mean, I, I found it because of er- Erica Schultz and, and mm-hmm. her friends and she was talking about it. So um, when she said that it was on Comixology originals, I was like, oh, that's intriguing. Um, you know, that it's that they're sort of putting that um, that support into creative teams that way and it could be any publisher I, th- I think but it's it's getting up to their service first or exclusively at least for a certain amount of time yeah um we uh there's a lot of bird that trip about the uh comiXology originals and uh that's the best deal in the game according to a lot of people i've heard from as far as you know uh the pay out I mean, I would love to, you know, get in on that any way I can. If if anyone's there's listening, you know, I'm I'm your guy. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, Erica's been killing it all around though, so it's no surprise mm-hmm. that she's on the forefront of that. Yeah, I know she's like, it's so funny because she's been in the game for a really long time. Like they say, you know, it takes ten years to be an overnight success. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> uh, like you know, she's been at it for a long time and lettering and um, you know, being a production assistant or I think you know whatever she did at Neil Adams studio and now she's teaching at Qberts so it's pretty cool and she teaches for comics experience which is um, how I've met a lot of people so that's the online school yeah my friend James Ferguson is on that um, he is an emerging writer but I think he's also a journalist for comiccon.com I'm not sure he okay. might be the the head reporter on that but yeah I mean Comic solid, sorry, excuse me, not comicology. Comic experience. Uh, there's a lot of people I see coming through that, and I yeah, think they're putting out anthologies, right? Yeah, they're so now they have their own um, arrangement with pitching and and publishing. Where um, I, I don't have all the details memorized, but at least one part of the team has to have been, you know, a, a workshop member or student at some point, and. Um, and then their, you know, their print or publishing arrangements have, are now with SourcePoint Press. I, I think originally it was IDW, but and then it was somebody else, and now it's SourcePoint Press. I've only started hearing of recently. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, we might have some things in the in the works with SourcePoint. I don't know what they tell people. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I may or may not have something there. We'll see. But yeah, I mean that's really cool. Uh, source 
Point is really getting in on the forefront of that. Didn't they sponsor uh, Diamond Halloween Fest recently? They they might have. I don't know. Um, and that's I don't think that's a cheap thing to do. That's um, yeah, because they have different sponsor levels, like platinum and gold and, and whatnot. That's really cool. <laughs> I mean, you know, to to get yourself out there. Um, yeah, I met those guys at New York Comic Con a few years ago, and their booth is not small at all. I mean, they have a, a lot I know. of stuff. Yeah, uh, I, it was funny that I, I found this Warriors booth, and this Warriors booth itself, this is an amazing series. And um, it's about squirrel warriors, if you can't tell. So I didn't even realize that they were in a booth by themselves, a double-length booth, and... Uh, I absolutely fell in love with their comic and, and I didn't notice until much later that it was a source point book. My friend Adam uh, Ferris has a graphic novel that just got put on previews with them called Parallels. So that's a shout out for him. Cool. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're getting out there um, and I'm happy for them. They are a Michigan based uh, publisher. Uh, I remember last year at San Diego, they had the uh, Twisted, the band Twisted was at their booth and signing. <laughs> Did they also have a comic? Or <laughs> oh, yes, yes. They have a comic. Okay, I was going to say, uh, there's like a lot of rockers that do that. You know, they have that, that crossover. Um, show up. <laughs> uh, I believe Billy Bob Thornton might have a comic with them. I'm not oh. sure. I'm pretty sure. I mean, anyone can fact check that and google it but really bob lauren yeah he has a book that's wild because i um no i can't remember i'm gonna slightly lean away from the mic just to grab my stack here for a moment um, let's see i think that's a source point press my aging eyes here um nope yes no Lord. No, I can't even read this publisher's name. I, I know that um, at this one show, I picked up the Bruce Lee comic. Um, and it just says Bruce Lee Entertainment. Well, it says Magnetic Press. Okay. Oh, it's Darby Pop. That's what I was trying to figure out. Darby Pop is, a, is another cool, smaller, smaller press operation. Yeah, they had a uh, fake empire with um, Eric Pilecki, bro. Yeah, I think so. I think oh, they had a really fun superhero comic. Shoot, it escaped the name out of me, but it was this guy who tended to have superpowers in Los Angeles, where it's kind of like. Uh, more like the boys to have like a celebrity following superhero team that doesn't quite mm -hmm. do anything. Man, right. shoot, I just forgot all about that. Yeah, I mean, wow. It's all, I guess there's I, a lot of smaller publishers out there doing bigger than, you know, uh, we can remember sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I guess it's, uh, you know, again, it's a matter of which cons you can get to and make these mm -hmm. little discoveries because I don't think I would have known about Spoiler's if I hadn't seen this incredible booth, like wallpapered with this amazing art of like 
squirrels and blood and stuff and and it's like I'm like wait a minute are these squirrels who fight and they're like yeah and I'm like oh my god this is exactly for me because this is what I write about I write about you know the cats and they're this the chipmunk mafia um so yeah I was you know that's the squirrels that are thieves I'm gonna have to check that out. I mean, um, I don't know if you know, but I have a squirrel that a reoccurring squirrel that we feed here. Uh, oh. My wife Aaron and Aaron and I uh, we call him Nubs because he has no tail, so he's very easily identifiable. Aww. <laughs> he comes around, and we're like, "Oh, hey, it's Nubs. Give him some almonds and walnuts and traps. Yeah. exotic food." Yeah, exactly. Like they are thrilled for that. That's yeah. We go out and we we feed them almost every day. So. Um... This morning, Gus captured Sergeant Burroughs, one of our chipmunk mafia friends. And I'm like, Gus, you can't keep the chipmunk. You can't keep the chipmunk. <laughs> and he let him go. Okay. But, but uh, yeah, there's Sergeant Burroughs is one of the, the higher up in the mafia organization. So it's like, Gus, you can't hurt Sergeant Burroughs. He'll come after you. Adorable. <laughs> <laughs> um. So speaking of conventions, though, is that what you you have slated is for New York? Uh, yeah, this yeah this year I'm I'm just doing New York. I mean, I want to see what gets announced when, but I plan on being at New York at least a couple of days. Um, Aaron Aaron and I found a hotel that's not too far away. It wasn't too expensive. Uh, if if nothing gets announced, I think I'm just gonna make a day trip. I mean, I live outside of Philadelphia, so it's a easily ninety mile drive. You know, to get in, um, I could park in Hoboken, just, you know, hang out and then just drive right back and still be home, you know, before the clock hits midnight. Um, but we're going to San Diego again this year. But again, it's one of those things that if something gets announced before then and they're there, that that, that would be very awesome. But if not, I think um, this year I could network more with knowing at least what is in the fires and hasn't been announced. I have talking points. Okay. Yeah, I hope I have something coming. We'll see. Vague, you know, my vague remark here. <laughs> oh, it's one of those, I the second, I, the second I, I, I say anything and try to announce anything, it, like, falls into the trash and doesn't happen. So I'm like, you know, I gotta stop saying that. Like, every time I've announced a podcast guest I'm really excited about, and yeah. then it never happens, I'm like, oh. God damn it. <laughs> Dude, that's honestly that's just shows bad character in my judgment on the person who doesn't show up i mean if you make wow. a promise make a commitment do it right yeah yeah and you know it's just so oh i hate when that happens um i mean god forbid anything happens you know i mean stuff life does come up if someone gets in a car course. accident i'm gonna be like damn why did why did they drive five minutes earlier and get to my show <laughs> <laughs> you know uh but you know if it's something like oh i forgot so i was making breakfast and got my phone on yeah, if it's something they were interested in, they would have made the time to do it. Like, really stoked about. Yeah, yeah, that's and that's just it. It's like if you're on the if you're the person that was forgotten, you're just like, oh damn, I'm not well, memorable. I started make a downturn, but I had a lifetime like that. I, mean, I grew up just being my mom, and eventually my mom and her wife. But it's one of those things like I was always waiting for my dad or someone, and I just you know uh, I I hate waiting people because you know that brings back you know shades and memories of that where it's like oh okay <laughs> you know if you're gonna make a commitment Baggage. and not do it yeah yeah, yeah. 
remember one of the first times um, my wife and I went out, I think it was the second or third date, and she was like a half hour late to something. This is before we had really like text messaging or anything. And I was just like, I was getting shades of that. And she was just like, the look on your face is so sad. Oh. <laughs> when she finally showed up, I lit up. It was one of those things like, oh, okay, I guess it's just, I guess it's just this. Yeah. Like, you know, what, we, if you had a dog or a cat, like my cat is there to greet me when I walk in the door. Yeah. And, you know, apparently he knows if I'm late, which is weird because my schedule is different every day. And he'll usually, you know, know when to expect me and i'm like you know people say they're dumb animals and it's like i don't know he he's smart enough to get me to you know clean a litter box and feed him so (laughs) he's pretty smart in my book i I think people that really say that maybe haven't really had animals or maybe they didn't appreciate their you know like having them as an actual living being instead of just maybe an accessory because i mean animals have cognitive abilities that are really astounding especially like household pets and such i mean your pets do they like to just play and you know when they're in the mood to play right yeah of course yeah or they can figure something out they can troubleshoot anything to try to maybe get food out of somewhere or you know bird to get a door open or something i mean oh uh, yeah that that yeah doors are a fun thing but yeah they've even um they've started making puzzle games for for dogs and cats to if especially if they're overweight to try and get them to slow down their eating that they have to figure out how to get the food out of the puzzle oh wow and i think i need that (laughs) i probably do too i'm just like i keep the cookies right in the nightstand oh my god i need them oh man that's one of my vices for sure i love i love tasty cakes uh and I know this is a comics podcast, but I love Tasty Cakes so much. Oh, no, this isn't Anything Goes show. <laughs> yeah. When my wife sees the Wawa bag, she's like, all right, how many Tasty Cakes did she get? <laughs> Usually, I mean, you have to have a trinity. That's what it is. You know, one is fine. Yeah. Three is a crowd. <laughs> yeah. Or or what I see when I go to the, there's my favorite cookies come from the health food store. And it's, they're individually wrapped. But because of my allergies, I I go through like every one of them and anything that has what I can eat, I literally take their entire inventory worth (laughs) and stick in my my basket. And I'm like, okay, I will see you in two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) You need those. I mean, craves are, you know, a real thing, but yeah. Yeah. So pets have puzzles to slow down their eating. (laughs) I know. And I don't. Yeah. I try not to be mindless about it. Like I try to savor every bit of it. Um, you know, that's that's one thing that I will try to do. I've tried to avoid the mindless eating unless I'm just starving. There's there, there is something for like I don't care if I don't eat, I'm gonna fall over kind of mentality. Yeah. But but if I'm actually trying to just enjoy something, then I really can just savor it. Yeah, I mean, ambient eating is a big problem i have of course it's like oh well i'm not really my mind's not busy doing anything right now so let me just grab something to munch on um i try to chew gum and mm-hmm. keep my mouth going but you know that's not the same especially after an hour and a half chewing the same piece yeah, you're like all right i'm gonna now yeah no my stomach knows what i want and and there's a certain texture that i expect mm. yeah I, I i 
do enjoy the, the limited amount of food I can have. I just enjoy too much of. So, but I've been really good with getting my smoothies at at the gym. They, oh yeah. They have, yeah, they have a smoothie bar, and um, so the ladies, you know, know my allergies and everything, and and I've uh, even though like my favorite one is still the one with chocolate and coffee. I um because they actually like grind the coffee beans into it. It's amazing. Mm. Um, but I have eaten lately. I've switched to one, you know, the green shakes. Okay. And it's like, okay. What's in that? Like, yeah. The, well, the one at least has some pineapple juice to sweeten it. Okay. But the other one is like spinach and God knows what else. <laughs> and it's like, you know, and it tastes like a liquid salad. Yeah. Erin uh, makes her own smoothies here in the blender. Um, she gets kale, she gets flaxseed and pineapples. And I believe, uh, water and ice. Yeah, there you go. Because the I pineapples mean, to cut down on the bitterness. Exactly, because kale can sometimes be just really hard to to enjoy and get down, unless you feel like massaging the kale leaves for a good hour. <laughs> Best time for that. <laughs> I know. I know. This is like six in the morning. She should say, "I'm going to make the blender and make this, and you can run out and catch the train." Yeah, exactly. You got to be ready, or you just get the powdered crap. Who knows if that's any good, but. You know, but that's what we do. So is that, are, are you, um, you know, with you going to the gym and, and whatnot, do you have advice for creators to not, uh, you know, not end up on GoFundMe for their medical expenses? <laughs> like I've seen a lot of, I don't know if writers have this nearly as much, but artists particularly do with their um, injuries because they'll work the ungodly hours like you're you're just you're not meant to be drawing 16 or 20 hours a day which was honestly the thing that scared me when i interviewed at cuber and joe cuber said to me he's like this is what the workload is you will be doing work like 16 hours a day and i went no <laughs> i was like i don't think so um and that's yeah. that's what some people do but i believe in a balance so do you have advice on that you just nailed it right on the head. You need to have a balance. I mean, just because someone has done something doesn't mean it necessarily has to become the norm. Um, I remember seeing a Twitter thread recently, and I'll get back to the advice in a moment, but somebody stating like, uh, you know, bragging about pulling all-nighters for two years to get something done isn't a badge of honor as much as a cry for help sometimes. Because yeah, you, yeah. you need to have, you know... Uh, you need to go away so you can come back, I feel. Um, and especially with creative, the more time you can spend out in life and being out in the world or even just doing something that's not the task, I feel not only refreshes you, but can sometimes, you know, bring you new insight or maybe you can have an idea spark because you're not sitting there staring at a page. Uh, but for... For artists especially, I mean, that's a, that's a demanding task on their fingers, on their ligaments, their joints. Um, I, I mean, I'm not an artist, so I can't quite go into health routine, uh, but I would, I, would, I would really like to see some data on arthritis numbers. Um, you know, if I'm holding a pencil or weird grips and being hunched over, um, I feel that that's, that is a major, major issue that you could face down the line if you're doing, you know, the set pose and being sedentary for for way too long um i've been trying to hit the gym uh 
every day. I, I couldn't hit it yesterday, unfortunately, because I had an issue at work with one of my guys. Uh, so I had to fill in for him. But, you know, I mean, uh, even as a writer, I spend a lot of time sitting down. Even as an office manager, I spend a lot of time sitting down, staring at a screen. Um, it's a lot of not moving. And, of course, as I'm getting older, that can cause uh, health issues as your metabolism slows down. So really just remaining active for me, it's, it's a big goal. Um, I have a, a watch that, you know, reminds me to get off my lazy behind every once in a while. And I really, I, I need that motivation, I feel, where I can see, okay, I've taken this many steps and burned this many calories. And sometimes people need a reminder or a kick in behind. Otherwise, if they're so caught up in what they're doing, they might not necessarily, you know, be conscious of the little things like, I need to get some water to hydrate because I don't want to think I'm dehydrated. I need to get up and stand right. to get my blood flow going. Um, right. And there are, uh, there are apps that to, to do that, to remind yeah. you of that. Yeah. Cause I know there's, yeah. there are some tools that people use to limit their internet time. Um, exists. I, forget, I forget what that's called. But <laughs> yeah. But that exists, you know, like you've been, you know, get, get your ass back to work. You just, yeah. Was, an hour browsing nonsense and not that it's all nonsense i mean i get my news from twitter basically so oh yeah no there's a lot of nonsense out there i've 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 fallen down wikipedia holes for no reason oh yeah <laughs> the next thing really? i know the sun is down i'm like oh when did it get dark <laughs> yeah it's like you know because i needed to research one thing and next thing i know i'm you know could be looking up 14th century you know kings of europe or whatever like it could be anything stupid it's like how did yeah. i get here it's like but, wasn't i researching rabbits like <laughs> i i am seeing a lot more um comic creators posting like crossfit style videos and i'll never be that type of athlete i think but I'm impressed, like, oh, wait, that, that, like, that's awesome. You're doing deadlifting. You're doing, you know, uh, pulls and, and, and stuff like that. And I feel that that is also motivating other people. Not necessarily peer pressure, but peer, uh, what's the word for it? Like I I inspiration. Yes, yeah. thank you. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's inspiring other creators to say, oh, okay, if this editor or this person is doing it, I can do this too. Um, it could be... Uh, a, a bonding mechanism to say, hey, hey, you know, I have something in common with you that we can talk besides comics. Mm -hmm. But how, I mean, whatever it takes to get you out there. I mean, I, I go through waves where I will go every day, twice a day for a month and then just drop off for a month just because I get burnt out or I have a pain that I need to let heal or something. Uh, but that's just the cycle of life. You need to try to find a way to motivate yourself and get back on there. Uh, I had a physical recently and everything turned out great. But this one of those things that they said they had to get my weight down. I'm I, I'm around 280 right now, which sounds like a lot, but I am a massive person. <laughs> so I don't look like I weigh 280 pounds. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm like six foot three. Uh, my waist is probably like 45 inches thick or so. Um, but you know, and I have super high bone density. But the doctors were concerned, saying, "Okay, you know, you're writing and working in office. Try to bring that down." Okay. Oh, well, yeah. Well, at least, uh, hopefully they weren't very shaming about it. I hope doctors no, are learning, no. learning about, you know, being more reasonable and sensitive and, you know, realizing that we're human. Yeah. No, no. Um, 
my doctor, uh, shout out to Dr. Lieberman. He's really, he's really cool. Big <laughs> Star Wars, big Star Wars. Fan. Uh, but yeah, no, he was just like, you know, Hey, I'm concerned. You know, he's like, my blood pressure was a little higher. It could just be because of what I was going through or whatever it was that day. Um, but they wanted to check all my blood, my, my, my glucose levels, you know, uh, my enzymes, my thyroid, all that fun stuff to see, you know, why I'm getting larger. Uh, mm-hmm. And thankfully they didn't find anything. Uh, but yeah, just trying to get active. Um, my wife has started replacing all my favorite carbs with vegetable knockoff versions. And oh, right. Like I, the zucchini <laughs> noodles, the zoodles. Yeah. Zucchini noodles are my jam now. And I, yeah, I'm going to get made fun of for that. But <laughs> if, <laughs> If you make a nice homemade red sauce, right? I'm talking like fresh cut tomatoes, the dates, all that fun stuff, the onions, the garlic. You make it from scratch at home or put it in the jar if you don't know how, whatever. If you cook it with the zucchini noodles in like a saute pan, mwah, I'm telling you, it's so good. Especially uh, if, if you put it in like a Tupperware, let it sit in the fridge overnight and heat it up the next day so it all cooks again together. Yeah. Amazing. Um, I've been getting cauliflower rice. Not as amazing. Yeah, but, yeah, you know. Not as amazing, but I've been I've had some pizza with the cauliflower crust. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. It feels like a nacho to me with how thin it's. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's totally different. I mean, but you know, when when you're trying, you do you do yeah. what's out there. Um, I've also like uh, I go to the pizzeria and I ask for a chicken parm with no bread. They kind of look at me funny, but they just end up just putting you know uh, sliced up chicken and sauce and cheese in a in one of those metal dishes. Yeah, that, that works, too. I mean, you know, there's 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 lots of ways to make room for, you know, your treats and such. And and let's get into like the other end of health. Let's talk about mental mm-hmm. health for a moment. Um, uh, yeah, because I mean, it's we're talking about balance and life mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. everything. And when we're in comics and entertainment, anything like that, there's this idea that it's always going to be fun and you're not going to have any stress because you love what you do, but that's not true. There's, there's stress, you know, whether if you're with a traditional publisher and you have deadlines and editors to answer to, or, you know, or if you're just having a shitty time, like what, whatever it could be, there's, just because you're creative doesn't mean that you live with your head in the clouds all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's, like it's I, I've, I've seen a lot of people being more open about it on Twitter. That's why I was bringing it up. Like, it seems like much people are being much more um, visible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no hard rule for everyone. Cause everyone has a different, uh, you know, home life. Um, I have my wife and it's just the two of us. So I, for me lately, the past year and a half, it's been, okay, how can I find time to set aside to spend time with her? Whereas instead of just stressing over ideas or being creative, the business end of comics, I'm like, okay, spending time for, for me, getting clearer is spending time with my wife, I feel. Uh, and that's not me sucking up to her. It, it honestly is. She's my best friend. And I can laugh with her or I can be sitting in a room wondering, hey, how come I'm not getting an email from a, from, from, from a publisher or pushing to try to get, you know, to force an idea out rather than it coming 
naturally. Um, there's there's rough patches. Social media is not that great for everyone. I feel, um, especially if you feel like you are on a downturn creatively and nothing you're doing is getting success, and you just happen to refresh and everyone you see is posting saying, "Hey, I just got a deal with this. Here's my book announcement. Here is." You know, uh, I'm going to be doing signings here, here, or even something dumb that I like to make fun of openly. Uh, the typical writer tweet saying, hey, I just passed something awesome from Amber in my inbox. Too bad you can't see it. <laughs> yeah, I, <hate> <laughs> I know, right? Those tweets. Use my, lang- like- my language. That is the basic bitch stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I will make fun of great anything. news. I- yeah, I have absolutely great news. I can't tell you. I yeah. make fun of that so hard and I end up doing it and I make fun of myself for doing it. It's one of those things. It's like, you know, I don't know. <laughs> it reminds me of middle school. It's like, hey, I kissed a girl. I can't tell you who. It's like, brah, come on, really? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, when you see that, I feel, and then if you are on a gray slope yourself where, you know, you're feeling down, Seeing that does not help. I have um, a number of friends that, you know, we have group chats and such, and we just we just push each other, motivate each other. And, you know, um, we fire each other up. Uh, I'm a big believer in the power of positivity. And I f- honestly believe that everything has a turn and a reason. And maybe not for a religious, you know, explanation or anything, but just... If it's not my time now, I'm confident. If I'm confident in myself and know to stick it out, it will be my time if I keep persevering. Because everything you do is a lesson, correct? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you're, you are looking at everyone's greatest hits they're posting online. And you are struggling with your own demo tape. But you don't know what that other person's doing. I mean, I look at Ed Brubaker. Uh, that guy is amazing. That guy is gold. I guarantee you he is also struggling and looking at someone else. Like that person is amazing. That person is my goal. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and that's just it. Um, yeah. Some people, whether it's consciously that they're being private about it or Mm -hmm. consciously in the sense that they don't want to put stuff out there that's going to bring somebody else down. Um, uh, there are there are people who, like you said, they post their highlight reel, and um, you know, it's it is what it is. It's un it's unfortunate, and then all of a sudden, um, you know, I'll there's plenty of people that I, I actually muted, like who are dear people and and, <laughs> and wonderful, but I muted them because yeah. I was like, God damn it, like your life is so friggin' perfect, and then I'll find out like their kid has some horrible disease and yeah. You know, and I'm like, oh, I feel like a jackass. <laughs> no, like, yeah, I, yeah, I, I do petty news all the time. I'm just like, you know, oh, screw you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, sometimes I do. And I mean, it's a mental health thing. I'm just like, yeah, of no, course. misery loves company. And, and I need to see people that are, that are expressing the, the realness of the ups and the downs. Of course. Um. I've been I've been getting more militant and kind of pushing people to, uh, you know, declare themselves, you know, lately. I mean, I know there's a whole uh, 
a lot of people where um, shy and timidness is is a big part in trying to get out there. It's it's difficult, and I I hope to motivate. Um, see, I come like my mom was in the military, so that's how you know, uh-huh. I, I motivate people. Is like drill sergeant ways, not like necessarily in like berating them, being like, "Hey, this is but how it, it is." It worked on me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize for that. I was like, it's like I don't know if we should send this in, and you're like, "Do it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I put a I I, I put a tweet the other day, and it was it was hyperbole. But I was just like, I'm like anyone who comes at me saying that they're aspiring is going to get muting. I are sorry, muted. I, I, I hate the word aspiring. I do. Um, it's, it's, you are, you're not. I mean, my wife and I had a horrible argument about this yesterday. <laughs> so oh, she no. takes the side. Yeah. I was just like, damn, because she always knows the right side of things, I feel. But, you know, um, <clears throat> for me, I feel like that if, if you're going and saying you're aspiring, then you're perhaps not feeling that you are in your mind or you're not established enough but if you can go in and i'm not saying be arrogant about it but if you can go in and say i am uh this then you know that might open some more doors from people who can say oh okay you know you're this you know what are you working on what are you doing um like if you're an aspiring doctor you're are you pre-med you know, yeah, are you someone like, who's still a, in high you, school? Are you a resident? Like, yeah, I don't know what that. Yeah, yeah. There's no aspiring doctors who are in the profession doing it. You know, uh, because they are they are pre med student, they're a med student, they're a resident. You know, they are an intern. The like there's whole levels of, you know, the trade. But unfortunately, comics doesn't really have that for the most part. Um, people can go to Cubert School. They can say that they're you know students. They can learn directly from experienced people who've walked this path but who's to say that you know my path will be exactly cookie cuttered out for this where there's you know uh an apprenticeship and then there's a path and say okay i apply for a job at marvel and there's no art internship as far as i know is there um i don't know if there's an art one there was a marvel internship that i that i know a lot of people have have gotten a big break with yeah, but but they worked like, their way up. They started, yeah. you know, intern and then like assistant to an assistant, and then you know whatever. But I think it's usually um, more on the editorial path. There, they have a path that you can follow. Um, you can take your own path, or you can kind of follow that. But I don't mm-hmm. think that they have an art department that says, "Okay, you're going to be intern here. You're going to work with whatever big artist is out there now in Marvel." You know and not necessarily shadow them, but just help, you know, make the scans of their physical pages and, you know, if they have physical medium and such. Uh, and then from there you learn like there used to be in the olden days of Marvel. Right. Um, yeah. And that was like, you know, a, a lot of women did a, a lot of the work and it was uncredited. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that they were college interns, you know, for credits or something, but they were hired. Um, but they did this work that was behind the scenes to, you know, to make the colors look right or to whatever, to make the production work. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, But there's no path. I feel like for current artists to do that, learn that. And then from there they say, okay, you're going to get a job doing your first book, you know, and here, here it is. Yeah. Um, And, and with, with the way things, uh, I don't know, like 
I think of like academia, like you spend so many years as a professor and then you get your tenure and then eventually you're the department chair, you know, like there's stuff. There's like a, a way to go in the same, either in the same big university or at least to propel you to someone else. But you're never an, ex an like an aspiring professor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, at least not like if, if, if you're not actively working in the field, then yes, I can say you're aspiring. Um, like I would, I would love to go skydiving, so I can. Well, I'm, I'm never skydiving, so I can say I'm an aspiring skydiver. <laughs> so, you know, like if I'm actually physically going out there and doing something, even if it's not on a high professional level, that you know, so everybody be like, oh, hey, you know, you are, you are this, you have arrived now. Uh, you know, if, if you're doing the steps towards achieving that, then you kind of already are, I would think. Right. And I think a lot of people just misunderstand it with um, uh, when it comes to writing, whether or not you've landed an agent and a traditional publisher <laughs> and, you know, which is a totally different ballgame these days. And yeah. with, or whether or not you have commercial success, like you could have a, an agent and five books out, but nobody's heard of you. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so it's like, you know, come on, you're out there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm an inspiring writer. I would say I am. I haven't had a major successes. I don't have an agent or a big publishers, but, you know, uh, I've done enough things that I feel like, OK, I can call myself this. Uh, I'm really an office manager, but you know, I'm also a writer. Um, but that is, I feel, a big part of mental health that sometimes I feel like people are defeated in their own heads before they can get out there and other people can bring them down. You know, like if, if, if you're worried about how you are in your mind and maybe you will shy away from something and not do it, out of fear that someone else will say, oh, no, this is not it, then it's the same result, I feel, is just not doing it at all. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I mean, I, well, it's it's yes and no. Some people write or create and mm -hmm. specifically have stuff that they're never going to show anybody, you know. Oh, OK. Um, you know, because I've, I've asked that among, among writers before, like you know, would you still write if nobody read your work? And most of them just say, yeah, it's, you know, it's not about, it's not about the reader at that point. Um, you know, it's probably different if you are part of some very successful, like, series work and your fans have expectations and your publisher has expectations. But for, yeah, a lot of people just have stuff sitting on their hard drive or in their, you know, or junk drawer and <laughs> like oh yeah i wrote that 10 years ago i just never you know never took it out never showed anybody yeah i i, I would be lying if i said i didn't have that and i still don't do that uh sometimes just get an idea and put it out but you know um i feel like if it is something that you want to put out there but you're afraid of how the reaction is going to be and therefore shy away from it that could have a bigger mental I guess, effect on you. Yeah, because that's, you're holding yourself back in that case. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, and I just want to fire people up. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, you're like a cheerleader. It's great. Even, even if they want to go against me, like, hey, I'm, 
I'm not gonna like ar- like argue against people. <laughs> hey, man, I'm awesome. I'm happy that you are getting fired up. I want to see this passion. I want to see you take that fire and direct it. You know, <laughs> like you know, if you can show me, you can show anyone. So definitely, uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> but that's good. That's because that's a that's such a a, a positive spin to be in the community and and this is um one of the things that i talked to you about that maybe we could discuss was how it's comics and it should be fun and it's entertainment but at the same time humans are humans and sometimes humans are shitty and um so i was on twitter yesterday as usual and i saw this news that a couple very well-known predators and abusers were forming their own publishing company because they got booted from where they were. It took years to get Eddie Braganza out of DC Comics. I mean, they literally would not hire women because of how awful he was because they would rather have kept him as an editor. Like, for years. I mean, that's absurd. And it's like, you're really going to do that to your potential talent pool and your human resources like it just made no sense so eddie berganza and this eric esquivel who was not that well known but known enough um that he was getting really good jobs have formed their own publishing company called alternate empire and um so those of us that voiced our concerns last night one of the things we noticed is you know the the talent people the the creators that they've listed in these these tweets and whatnot it's like you know do these people know who these two men are like the fact that one of them is like a known rapist is like you, you know they're out there in comics now they're coming back and they're planning a kickstarter for march like it's like we want to be welcoming in comics we want people to succeed but we have these bad apples and just like any industry just like hollywood just like if you're a freaking accountant there's probably some shitty person in your office too uh this is this is it it was definitely a weird day um i want to know how they met i mean are you supposed to use the registry for networking i don't think it works like that (laughs) yeah right (laughs) It's one of those things like, okay, they, they obviously Reddit. know. That's yeah. probably oh. They're probably on Reddit or 4chan or whatever. But, you know, like, they know who they are, obviously. And they had to have known their reaction. They had to have known. And I get, yes, they're making, um, they're boosting Latinos, I think, in in their stories, I believe, right? Like, like uh, Latino creators and also um, heroes. I, I don't know. I didn't read too much. Something um, and uh, allegedly a charity, which nobody has been able to find. I've tried. I tried oh. three search engines and can't find it. I did see that it was some Los Angeles learning or other, right? Yeah. Um, they had to have known that they were, that, that they were going to get a reaction, and they still went forward with it. Um, I don't know if that's ego, arrogance, or just you know, honest to goodness, perseverance and pushing through. But there. I understand that there are people who are just fans and don't know the inner workings of how the sausage is made. And sometimes I envy 
not not knowing yeah the the, the ignorance that blissful yeah. ignorance yeah um, but i'm you know because it it's heartbreaking when you do uncover it like when rock upchurch beat his wife hmm. i mean he's rebranded he's never stopped working in comics by the way really he was always yeah and he's he relaunched and he just stopped using his nickname rock and is now using i think john is his legal name and he's, you know, basically rebranded himself. And that that's something that's, you know, it's like, God, this person has so much talent and I loved what they did. And it's like, but there are certain things that I, you have to be sorry. You have to be sorry for me to forgive you. And, and I don't think a lot of these abusers are particularly sorry they just say things like i know who my true friends are and it's like <laughs> you know your true friends would have called you on your bullshit <laughs> yeah like oh no you're all just haters <laughs> yeah yeah there you are know. haters but i think on a certain level it stops being haters and starts being you i know yeah like, like uh, find the common denominator um yeah i mean ethan van cyber is another classic i used to defend him because he had been polite to me and the comic shop and gave us sketches for charity donations and then when he really went off the rails this was you know years after our our auction stuff but um it's like dude you've got i have i like you're supporting neo-nazis at this point like i i have a hard time thinking that you're even he's not remorseful he's still going i mean yeah <laughs> no um yeah i i was wondering how come you know uh those two guys Berganza and the other dude didn't link up with comics kids and i was like oh yeah you're probably a little too dark for them to be fair yeah yeah. Uh, when, but, well, because they, they haven't, yeah, when they start showing, like, you know, violence against women and they're, and they're, you know, drawing big, giant boobs all the time. But that's not how Eric draws, so I don't know. But I don't know who their talent pool is going to be. But if they were to cater to that fan base with what that fan base wants, then they would absolutely be in comic skate stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Uh I guess there's any any group of <clears throat> creatives always has kind of there's subgroups that are always a little uh, cringy. I would feel um, it's true, and like I said, I mean, there's there's it's not an interest industry specific thing. Like if you go to a trade show for like car salesmen or something, or you know pharmaceutical reps, they're known for having their big huge conventions and yeah. partying. I mean, you know, there's going to be a bunch of shit bags in there too. It's like, what do they do? They're, you know, peddling, you know, mucus medicine or something. <laughs> and they use that as their big get to try to to try to yeah. get laid. I guess it's like, hey, <laughs> clear up this phlegm. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's like if you want to have a thick discharge, you can take this. Like, come on, guy, that's not. It's uh, so sexy. <laughs> But, I mean, you've seen Twitter, you've seen the reaction that creators are putting out there, if if not direct quote tweets or responses, and then take a screenshot of the original tweet in case it does get deleted, because that is a very exactly. high possibility, and yeah. you know, to keep that going. I mean, uh, 
I think a lot of people are jumping on for the sake of the jokes, which I, I, I as a sarcastic bastard, I approve of that sometimes. Uh, not to dogpile on people who don't deserve it, but I feel like in this instance, it was warranted. Mm-hmm. But, you know, um, we got to see how the other side lives. Not them, per se, but the people orbiting around them. Family, friends who know what's happening and support that. Like, what's going on through the mentality of them? Right. The the victims, the support structure for the victims who see, oh, okay, these dudes are making a comeback. I mean, Hollywood is full of people who've done stuff and made comebacks. I'm waiting for Harvey Weinstein, honestly, to make I a know. return because that's just how that world works. And like, do you like a redemption story sometimes? I mean, just some I, fiction. Well, I do. I mean, it's yeah. it's it, that's something that I struggle with. Where like people mm-hmm. get get on my case because I love Kylo Ren, and I'm like, okay, but there was there was serious brainwashing. First of all, mm-hmm. the way I see this character was that you know Snoke's was brainwashing him, and then the Emperor was brainwashing him, and he he literally was not controlling himself mm-hmm. as much, and then by the end of his arc. And even all through his arc, he struggled so much with with doing the right thing and and finding love and compassion. And it you know, and it finally happened at the end. And we got to see that though. We got to see the regret and the remorse. And if you go through your own personal story arc, without truly being sorry and only being sorry that you got caught or that you had a bad time on Twitter for 48 hours. I mean, you know, because we know that these, how these news cycles go, like, you know, two weeks from now, who's going to remember there's a few people who keep track of this shit and will Mm -hmm. pull out stuff from 2013 or whatever. But, you know, for the most part, people, they go through this rebranding they come out with, you know, oh yeah, I had a bad year and they're fine. But I, I but fictionally, yes, I love a, a redemption arc um, because it has to, it has to make sense. But in reality, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of human beings who just are not truly sorry. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's one of those like things like we love a good redemption story in fiction, but in reality, you know, <laughs> we are. Yeah. That's a duality, I think, of being human. I mean, uh, when I, like when I was a kid, my mom had a friend who, you know, uh, inappropriately touched me, and that has scarred me for fucking life. But uh-huh. I, you know, I don't really talk about that that much. But at the same time, you know, I'm just like, well, I could uh, take a machine gun and just let these guys die for all I fucking care. Excuse my language for all I freaking care. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things. It's like, you know, I have been through something. I can see that and how that affects me. Uh, and then if I see other stuff going on, it's like, I don't have sympathy, really. Um, if my neighbor accidentally runs over a cat, that's like, oh, man, that's an accident. But if they're purposely going out there and, you know, like murdering animals, it's like, well, I don't want to see your redemption story. Yeah. And I'm sorry that happened to you. And oh, yeah, it- that. I've, I've coped with it and it is a thing, but you know, I try, I, it, it doesn't define me in the slightest bit. Uh, actually, I think that might be where I got sarcasm. It could be. You're very yeah. good at it. Thank you. 
Uh, um, well, but it's true. Brooklyn, but, so, but yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, it, um, but it's but it is interesting when there's distance between yeah. you know you and the other person, like. Um, you know, the, the closest I got with this Eric Esquivel was he kept hitting on me at one show and I kept, um, and is, you know, telling him no for that particular show. And, it, and I w- was sort of trying at the time, didn't know any of this shit about him. It was before that came out. I was just like, okay, well, you know, maybe at some other show. And he just kept like texting me throughout the night. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, but it's, so I don't have, like, I wasn't one of his victims. So, you know, if, if he ever came out and said he was truly sorry, but he's not, he's just saying I've altered some of my behavior. Oh, okay. All right. And it's like, <laughs> you're still not sorry, you know? And, you know, and then you team up with Eddie Braganza, like, you know, yeah. it's like you're not, you know, like you're teaming up with with another supervillain asshole. Like you're not teaming up with, you know, Professor X. <laughs> oh, it's like um in the movie Glass where uh, Samuel Jackson's like, this sounds like the bad guys teaming up. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I think that's yeah, the like, wildest part about it. It's not like either of them came back separately and said, hey, we're doing this thing. It's like, yeah, you know, it's, it's the perfect storm. Of, yeah. you know, the pressure systems coming together and everyone saying, what the F? And from, and, and that's just it. As, as a, as a fantasy thing, you know, things like Suicide Squad or Task Force X, or, you know, we, we'd love to see the bad guys being hired and doing something good. Um, you know, Dark Avengers. It, it's, it, it's one of those things, but it's, it's fiction we can consume. And it's, you know, there weren't, you know, <laughs> you, you have that, that thing, like, no, nobody was seriously harmed while the making of this film. <laughs> you know, uh, I saw a movie recently, and I see a lot of freaking movies, <laughs> uh, The Gentleman, Guy Ritchie's film, and I liked it for the most part, but there was one scene where the bad guy said, yeah, Matthew McConaughey was going to rape his wife, and I'm like, come on, man, Ooh. you had to, you had to, you couldn't just throw her a beating or something i mean that's bad still but it's not like what's the ultimate worst thing we can do to this woman you know yeah, <laughs> i mean that's of course really your creative person and that's all you can come up with how yeah how some people have such limited storytelling ability i mean she she owns her own mechanic shop you can't think of trying to put her under a hydraulic press and coming down and yeah. matthew mcconaughey comes in with the guns blasting to save his wife and you have to have the guy kind of unzip his pants like come on Wow. That's bullshit. You know, like, that's bullshit. Yeah, that, yeah, and that that's, shows a and, lack of creativity, mm-hmm. and bad judgment. Absolutely, and that's and still, and that's fiction. And we can, you know, I have no problem. I've called that out in fiction plenty of times uh, mm-hmm. in my reviews. I'll I'll be blunt when I say like this added nothing to the story. Yeah, you know, I mean, the movie had a lot of funny beats. You know, people falling out of the sky constantly to the one point where someone said that they need to invest in parachutes whenever they go out because everyone's <laughs> falling to their death but they had to have this like come on man i don't know it's, i haven't it's, even heard of this movie so this is incredible yeah the gentleman oh yeah, yeah. charlie hunnam 
Charlie Hunnam is the blonde guy from Sons of Anarchy, right? Yeah, yeah, he's the, the, the hunky guy. I mean, but you said Matthew McConaughey. It's like, come on. Matthew McConaughey. Um, there's a lot of people in it. The guy from Crazy Rich Asians, the main guy is in it. Oh. And Hugh, Hugh Grant. Really? Hugh Grant. Yeah, uh, Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell is hilarious in this. Um, you know, it's a Guy Ritchie monster movie. So you're going to get a lot of good characters. But this one part is like, all right. This, this, so this there's like only from one female plus. character? Is that... uh, there's <laughs> two. There's two, and one of them <laughs> dies from an overdose. Of course. <laughs> of course. She's the foil for the plot. Which yes. uh, Her death, spoiler, it's for everyone. Her yeah. death, I was waiting for it to come back and bite the light back in the behind. Nothing. Yeah. I don't know. Of course. Uh, yeah, I see a lot of movies. I have the um, AMC A-list, which is like 20 bucks a month. But I, oh, nice. you, I actually, after this, I'm going to the movies. Okay. Well, I just saw Knives Out, which was brilliant. So. Oh, that was fun. That was that fun. was That was a good recommendation from all my, my writer mystery friends. I was like, yeah, you were right. I, um, I, I, I did like how they dropped it in the towards the beginning of what it was and then from mm-hmm. there you saw the uh from release the like the perspective of who did it and then yeah. you know it was like you saw how it that played way. out yeah it was like this happened and you know like Columbo would, would be done that way you know like yeah. you got to see exactly what happened and then piece by piece get the extra details wow okay Columbo I haven't thought of that in ages I know Peter Falk right yeah and there was there was talk a long time ago about how perfect Muff, Mark Ruffalo would be to play Columbo, and I'm like, oh my god, yeah. you guys are so right. He would he would do it really well. Um, but let's talk about other things that we're consuming. What comics are on your uh, on your radar and, and whatnot? Oh man, I read way too much. Uh, let me look at my pile. It's in front of me right now. I have Oblivion song from Robert Kirkman. Uh, it, if you're not familiar with this, uh, Lorenzo De Felici is in it. And uh, it's pretty much like um, one day many years ago, a portal opened up in Philadelphia and took the city away. Like, <laughs> like some, yeah, it's like some weird hellscape. And so now the city has rebuilt. They walled off, of course, the area that kind of got taken away. And um, there's this guy who's going out there with scientists trying to save people and bring them back and scratching their name off the memorial wall. And it's a big thing because his brother is out there. Um, Kirkman, Kirkman usually does a really good job, I feel, of uh, building up characters. And I, I, I hope this is one that starts to stick, um, mainly because I, I live in Philadelphia area now. Uh, I live in the suburbs, so I can't properly say Philly. But, you know, <laughs> I, I just like that they get the little nuances of the people in there, correct? And, you know, it's alternate realities and, you know, traveling around trying to find people and then seeing how the survivors have lived in this world and made a life for themselves. And some of them don't want to go back home because, you know, kind of like Lost, maybe, or sorry, the show Lost, maybe their lives weren't all that great out there, but here they are much more than they were. Got it. Yeah. Uh, I didn't didn't know the premise of that. I had seen the title, but I didn't know. I, I didn't look up to see what it was about. I... I'm gonna be honest. I read a lot of X-Men. I've loved X-Men since I was a child. That's um, my that's always been my main franchise. Uh, you know, even even um, in the Dark Ages when we had Avengers versus X-Men and they were kind of you know pushing it to the side, I was still you know loving X-Men. Um, what's happening now with Hickman? It's fun. It's good. But I 
honestly enjoyed Matt Rosenberg's story a little bit more when it was going weekly uh, about a year or so back. A weekly? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Matt I wrote. He was doing something, you know, back when DC was doing that uh that fifty two line, they were putting out a book, a week, you know, the, the storyline each week. It's like, good lord. I liked that. I really did. I mean, I watched those weekly. I, I, I can't imagine how you know how the, how the creative team feels about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I I watch wrestling, and that shows live every week every week for yeah. years so you know it's kind of like the same thing like, all right the creative team's just going oh yeah putting out. Yeah. um see i'm like Rose- a, I'm, a, I'm more of a marathon reader and marathon watcher like you know stack up a few and then watch so i there's some shows i do that with there's even some comics i do that with i mean i have piles here but you know yeah i'm like, like i get to stuff like six months later sometimes yeah but I'm sure you have ones. As soon as you get it, you're like, "Oh f yes, I need to read this right now," and yeah, push absolutely. everyone aside. Yeah, like Forgotten Home, I had mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. That's definitely one. And um, there's a couple new ones out. I don't know if you've heard of um, On the Stump. Uh no, maybe. I'm not sure. I'm not sure when it came out, but it's you know how we're in this impeachment. Um, you know, dumpster fire. Yeah. Um, so imagine that the senators and reps, in order to get legislation passed, actually had to get into an MMA ring mm-hmm. and um, and duke it out, and that determines how their legislation gets passed. <laughs> wow. Hey, um, so, so the rings are called stumps because it used to be called a st- you know. You would stand up on a on a tree stump or or whatever, and it was called a stump speech when you would go from city to city to campaign. Um, so they've called the the octagon, if you will. Um, they're called stump. So that's promising. It's I, one issue. I think that's out that I read. Who who put that out again? Um, I think that's an image book. Image. Okay. All right. I'll have to ask for it. Um, on the stump. Sorry, I'm writing this down. That's okay. <laughs> Thank you. I can even double check while we're while we're talking okay. about about ones. Um, let's see. I'm sorry if that's making like clicking noises as I as I click through. No, um, it's cool. I'm apologize. You're good. Yeah. No, it is. It is image. Um, awesome. And uh, another one that honestly had me laughing, and I I think you would appreciate, is called "I Can Sell You a Body." <laughs> yes. I, I, I've I've seen the previews. I haven't gotten to that yet. Okay. Um, I'm trying to remember who put that, that out. Barrier. Um. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Ryan Barrier. And um. Oh, I don't know how to. Is, does he pronounce it the French way? Oh shoot! Is he is he Canadian? I don't know. Maybe. Might be, maybe. Might be fair. I, I don't know. But Ryan, we um, apologize. Yeah, Ryan. Um, and you know what? I can even open up an issue here. That's an IDW book. And it's what's so funny about it is that it's about um, yeah George Camba, it maybe he's also French Cambadeus or Cambaday. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know how to pronounce their names. I'm sorry, um, but it's about this main character who is a psychic medium, and you know, and he went from having a popular TV show and you know all the money and everything and then all of a sudden 
people accused him of fraud and he lost everything. But the twist is that he actually really is a medium. Huh. So um, he's sort of like, uh, you know, like in Dresden when he just became like a private wizard for hire. So this guy is, a, you know, a medium in this schlubby office and he has a, a receptionist that he hasn't paid in two months. And um, it's it's just so funny because then, of course, he gets mixed up with like the mafia and he gets a new power. So the new power when where we get the title, I can sell you a body, is that if people aren't quite ready to actually be dead, he can exercise their soul from the beyond and stick it into a, a person who's still alive. And then antics ensue. Like, you know, you just like <laughs> put in your own montage there of, you know, mafioso who Don, who's not ready to, to be crossed over. And, it, um, and he has to desperately look for a body because the, he's already spent the money that he's been paid for this job. Yeah. <clears throat> That's funny. So, um, yeah. I'm definitely going to check that out. Um, I like Ryan's work. Yeah. So, um, so that was one that that had me really excited. Um, I have a I have a horror book that you might be down with. Philadelphia just came out um, oh, from Image. Yeah, yeah. I was just checking that. I haven't read it, but um, it did just cross my radar. I mean, I I, I like Philly set stuff. Apparently, I'm a, I have a type, but uh, no. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, about a, it's about a cop who comes home to bury his dad, and then they just uncover all these secrets and you know, more mysteries and of course vampires in Philadelphia. That's fantastic. Yeah. And Philly's um, a great city. I mean, I've lived here and uh, I've lived Philly adjacent for uh, for several <laughs> years now and it's a good vibe. I don't like the Flyers at all. I'm a Devils fan still, but you know, uh, I'm an Eagles fan, 100%. Okay. So, all right. As long as you don't get like into those like riots that they have after somebody wins a game and whatnot. Oh, yeah, uh, where you punch police horses. Nah, I'm good. Yeah, yeah, and you tip over cars and all that, you know, light shit on fire. That's just Philly. I mean, that's, you know, that's just <laughs> those are the <laughs> No, uh, actually, I, I half joking, half seriously put out online saying that I want to write a love story set against the 2008 Phillies riot. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and I, I, I already wrote the opening pages, too. Where it's like uh, first page is just a uh, location splash high up from the sky of the uh, of the baseball park, right? And then you have a caption with the commentators saying, "Oh, the Phillies won." And you turn the page; it's just a double page spread of just the riot that really happened in the streets. <laughs> yeah, I, and it's just people. Yeah, I mean, and then when you know, like I was talking about, like on the stump, when it comes to the yeah. stuff that really matters and passing legislation, like where, you know, <laughs> where are you knocking over cars then? No, it has to be a sports thing. Of course. Of course. Let me loot this store because my team won. Because my team won. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm going to flip over this car. This car is red. My team is red. We're going to flip <laughs> over the car. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, uh, sports, sports fans are funny. They're funny. Uh, I mean, no, I I celebrated with the Eagles. I didn't like go out and like go crazy. Uh, I think I was traveling for work when they had their big parade, but you could definitely hear all the fireworks going off in town. Um, I was I was in the complex when they went to the Super Bowl, like they won that game. I was in the complex for a concert, and they had to delay the main act 
because the game was gone on, everyone was in the lobby and the bars watching, watching the game. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's another thing because I briefly lived in Pittsburgh and traffic was a fucking nightmare. Like traffic was bad to begin with. And it's like, then I had to have, I actually put like, added the Google calendar for sports, even though I didn't care, but only because I knew that the bridges would be even shittier. Yeah. No, I mean, that's why I'm happy to live in the suburbs. Um, I think my wife has off. Whenever the Eagles have something big, or I think when the Pope came to town, um, they, <laughs> yeah, she, like her job, just like, all right, you're not going to get into the city. Just take off. Yeah. I mean, it, it's honestly, like, it'll take you two, three hours to get there. Oh, I that's, forgot the Pope that's... was in town. Oh, cow, that was so fun. They set up barricades and perimeters and like, all right, you can only have a permit if you live here. And there's no cars at all beyond a certain point. So people who lived there and parked there had to find something else to do. See, if you look back in New Jersey, we have to deal with Trump visiting all the time. Oh, man. Jeez, and he, that guy. Fuck, he fucks up airspace, my God. Yeah. I mean, like not only highway stuff, but like airspace. The, the freaking damn fighter jets came so close over our backyard. I thought we were going to be bombed. It was terrifying. Uh, Trump, that big nerd, man. He's the worst. I swear. Um, <clears throat> did you watch Watchmen by any chance? No. No, I heard it was amazing, but I didn't. All right. I kind of want to say this, but I don't want to give spoilers. So do you give me permission? Yeah, go for it. Okay. There's this flashback to the 30s. And there's this character there called Fred T who owns a grocery store and he's in with the plant. And that is a, in, 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 in Queens, New York. And that is a very, uh, without naming names on the nose, uh, depiction of Trump's father, who was a, (laughs) so owned grocery stores in Queens. I was in with the Klan and I thought that was brilliant. That is good. Yeah. It's up. Yeah. And it makes sense. It makes sense to do that. Um, all right. Well, let's see. Anything else that you want to plug and chill while we're before we sign off? Uh, well, um, yeah, my my Twitter is uh, the other Mario T, but don't follow me. Uh, I don't need your follows, people. Uh, if you do follow me, unfollow me, please, because <laughs> I'm just messing around. Um, am, am I famous enough to do a cameo yet, or do you think I have to wait a little while to do what cameo? No, the cameo accounts, you know, where people plug oh, in like, yeah. hey. Yeah. <laughs> nah, I'm just joking. Yeah, um, my Twitter is uh, the other Mario T, uh, all one word. And my Instagram is another Mario T, just because I lack imagination and creativity when it comes to names. Uh, yeah, I don't have much to promote now, um, but hopefully uh, in, a, in a few months, I'll have some more comics announced. Um, I've, I've been pitching like a madman various ideas and i have uh, a couple of uh things picked up one from i don't think they're gonna care one from source point and one from scout uh but we're circling each other with action lab for a third one and i'm really looking forward to it uh that's more of a comedy series um that i hope you know i hope people like all this stuff so i can maybe get some more work and also buy myself a car because we're a one car family. <laughs> well, good. Good. And uh, look forward to those announcements when, when they're all ready and set to go. 
Thank you. Thank you for uh for having me. I know um you know you've been supporting my stuff for years, and I honestly truly do appreciate that. I I I have a hard time with compliments, and I have a hard time, you know, uh, I feel I have a hard time expressing gratitude because I'm so sarcastic, so I'm waiting for, you know, like that to come at me. But uh, I know a lot of people uh, who who know you, and you really are a champion of the people, and we do appreciate that. Oh, that's really sweet. Thanks. Thanks. And then hopefully, you know, if I ever get something to come out, <laughs> you can uh, you can help me shield that as well. Oh, yeah. No, I have no problem boosting my friends and chilling for them. Uh, if you have anything, let me know. Uh, I don't see a lot of stuff. Um, I, I deleted the Twitter app off my phone, and I only use the web browser version. So oh, it's, it's, it's weird because I, like, I feel like I'm only tweeting my own stuff. So I have to, like, honestly go out there and search my friends and retweet their stuff. Otherwise, it feels like, oh, this guy is just doing his own thing for himself. Like, I don't want to be self-centered like that or come off like that. Um, but let me know if you have anything, and I will definitely, uh, you know, promote it. I have no qualms about that. Great. All right. Well, thank you so much. And um, so while we're handing out Twitter accounts, mine's at Elizabeth Amber, and my Instagram is at Amber Unmasked, and the Patreon is patreon.com slash Amber Unmasked. And you can follow um, all the adventures with the cats on, uh, especially on Instagram and Patreon, because, um, yeah, that's how I get my weekly writing done. That's my commitment, is writing about cat stories. So, um, always looking forward to new people and seeing, you know, getting to know people out there. So, thank you, Mario. You're welcome. Thank you very much.